Hello and welcome to She Soars, Her Voice, Her Rights. We are Care Canada's Youth Champions, a group of young people across Canada who are passionate advocates for sexual and reproductive health rights. We're excited to discuss and raise awareness about young women's rights and choices in Kenya, Uganda, and Zambia. Together, we will explore how these global issues connect to our lives as Canadian youth and discover ways in which we can all take action. We will also talk about the She Source Project, which improves access to health and education, which are areas we want to see change in. Join us! Welcome back, everyone, to the second part of our discussion with Amanda and Jeremiah, two members of the SheSource Youth Advisory Board, also known as YAB. Hi, thank you so much for having me again. Hello, it's good to be back again. Thank you all. I'm also joined with Noor, my co-host. Hi, everyone. It's nice to be back. Really looking forward to this episode. Awesome. So in the first episode of this season, we learned about the Youth Advisory Board and the work they do and discussed the importance of inclusive and youth-friendly language. So in this episode, we're shifting more towards a discussion on the actions and advocacy that we can do as youth and that's also being done within the partner countries and with the SheSource project. So thank you, Amanda and Jeremiah, for joining us. I think our listeners would love to hear a bit more about your background. To start, could you explain what work the Youth Advisory Board has done to date on youth-friendly language? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. For those listening for the first time, my name is Luwombe Jeremiah Mlanda. I'm a Youth Advisory Board member based in Zambia, and it's a pleasure to be here. So we had quite a fruitful discussion, and to kick it off, she Souls is a project that focuses on young people and the sexual reproductive health of young people. So it is only right that young people are the ones who lead innovation. Young people are the ones who lead different activities. And the Youth Advisory Board is at the epicenter of all of that. We represent the voices, the views of young people. So first and foremost, we make ourselves available. We are always in meetings. We are always on the ground as I'm speaking to you right now. I am currently in the eastern part of Zambia where I am going to be supporting a training to ensure that there's youth-friendly and inclusive language. The Youth Advisory Board is constantly reviewing documents like the gender strategy, the project implementation plans, you name it, to ensure that we are being deliberate about youth-friendly and inclusive language. The Youth Advisory Board acts as an accountability mechanism in this regard. Because we also understand that sometimes adults might forget or they might take for granted. Youth-friendly and inclusive language is a must. We're not asking for this. This is a must. This should happen. Why? Because then young people are able to understand. So those are two key things that we do. I'll let Amanda highlight the others. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jeremiah. So my name is Amanda Joan Julian Mary Banura. I am a member of the Youth Advisory Board from Uganda. Just to go to the start, in case someone might not have listened in before to define youth-friendly language, we've had lots of times to explain it to our adult partners, our allies, what it means to actually have youth-friendly language in our programs, in the work that we do. So when we talk about youth-friendly language, we're meaning language that is respectful, sensitive, and inclusive of young people, regardless of their body nature, their orientation, or anything. It involves avoiding stereotypes, condescending language. It recognizes the value of youth 
promotes their dignity and encourages their active participation in various aspects of society. So this type of language is aiming at creating a more respectful and equitable dialogue with young individuals. That's why we always say there's nothing for young people without us. We are all equal partners. If you're going to have a program for young people, then let them be part of the design right from the start of the program and also the implementation. Then bringing us back to what Jeremiah said, he is on ground already, meaning he is part of all the processes as a young person. And that is what we want to see in all programmings of partners within the SHISOs project. We know that it's a broad project running in three countries, Uganda, Kenya, and Zambia, and it is focusing on girls out of school because many times those girls out of school are neglected and left to the community to fend for and their education levels are not looked at, their adolescent needs are not taken care of, their health needs and their livelihood needs. So that is why in this particular project, Chisos, we are reviewing documents, we are reviewing plans, what are people doing and does it really meet the needs of young people, if I could maybe just give some examples, instead of saying, oh, those kids, those teenagers, just use young people like we're using. It's very comprehensive. It's inclusive. It does not segregate. So that's what we're meaning by youth-friendly language and the work that we're doing as the young. Thank you both so much. I think it's amazing that both of you are focused on the ground and very hands-on by reviewing work plans and keeping up with needs for young people. What are your thoughts on interacting with young people for the first time? How do you approach using respectful language and what are your considerations? That's a very important question. And I think my experience being a young person and engaging other young people, first and foremost, you need to ask them what language they are comfortable communicating in. That's very important because then you are trying to form a connection you are trying to establish an understanding so if any kind of activity that you're doing a survey a workshop please ensure that you ask young people what language are you comfortable communicating in that will already show them that you really care about them understanding what you are delivering and that is very important if you can't for example speak the local language or understand it Look for a translator who the young people will be able to understand and can translate to you as well. Then stay away from very big terminologies. Make it simple to understand straight to the point because our concentration span sometimes is very limited because we're thinking about so many things at the same time. So once you lose a young person in a workshop, in a meeting, in an interview, for them to circle back to you, it might take a lot of time keep your information short and sweet. In episode one, we spoke about how the Youth Advisory Board was affected by the use of initials in the beginning of the project. I didn't know, for example, what Jay-Z stood for. So it was very hard to sit in meetings and hear people say there's Jay-Z, there's what. So always just staying away from those initials is good. Say the words in full, gender strategy and social inclusion. That's Jay-Z. When I'm facilitating workshops on the ground, attending meetings, even just one-to-one conversation, it's always helpful to stay away from these terms. You drive the attention away from the material that you want to deliver. I have found these tips very useful as I have interacted with different young people on the SHISOS project. Just to add on, on my side, when interacting with people for the first time, 
you first study their behavior or the character. Because working with adolescents, they are diverse. They have diverse needs and attention, just like Jeremiah mentioned. So first study the environment they are in, what they are most attracted to and who they are looking at, what the conversations are, and then start from the point of interest. Besides knowing the language they prefer to speak in, also get their comfortable environment. So like when we did visits in some of the project areas last year, it was easy to talk to the adolescent girls and boys in their groups, in their play areas. Like for the boys, it would be in the soccer field. For the girls, it would be dodgeball. You get to understand, like an adolescent girl with a child is not comfortable to talk with other adolescents who are younger or who are not having children. So you categorize them separately and you ask them questions that relate to their situation that is going to enlighten them on their situation to make them realize they are not alone. They can be successful. So there are many things that we put into consideration and the SHISOS project has given me more insights Thank you, Amanda and Jeremiah, for explaining what people can do when they interact with someone for the first time. You both made really good points. I'm trying not to assume anything when you first meet someone and just assessing the situation, maybe asking questions like, how do you wish for me to refer to you, is a really great step that people can take when you're first interacting with someone. So off of that point, how can youth take initiative to make language more inclusive? And I would also love to open this question up to Noor as well, maybe sharing our experiences personally to make language more inclusive in your daily lives. Both Amanda and Jeremiah made a really good point on how to approach individuals based on what sort of language they want to use and how they want to be communicated with. So for me personally, body language was a really important sign. I always try to keep that in mind. In terms of addressing people, I always try to avoid expressions that reinforce gender stereotypes. Honestly, one of my personal points would be not to make gender visible when it's not really relevant for communication. Using gender neutral words, for example, like informal writing, such as emails, plural pronouns, may be used as a shortcut to ensure gender inclusiveness. Yeah, those are some of the points that I try to keep in mind when addressing use of electronics or emails in my daily life. Yeah. When you were saying not to mention gender, took me back to a conference we attended. And Mm -hmm. there were these colleagues of ours from another organization who do not want to be identified as she or he. And I was calling him a she and I noticed he was offended. I did not know until I was told by someone, oh, please just call by the name. It helps a lot not to categorize. Just look for their names and be like, so Amal, can you talk to Jeremiah? Do not mention, talk to him. You can't know whether Jeremiah is a she or he. Then to add on, as young people, how can we take the initiative? First, understanding the audience. Usually first impression matters. Like when I got to hear Amal's voice or Nora's voice, I was like, wow, these are cool young people. We can be free with them. So even the tone in someone's voice can tell you how to go ahead and engage with someone. If someone comes up and the moment you say hi, they're like, hi. You'd be like, ah, no, I'm not going to be hyped. I'm not going to set my vibe with someone. They're so cool and calm. I need to like come down and be humble. So, you know, the tone also dictates the language that we're going to use. And sometimes maybe 
we are intimidated by the policies that we advocate for at certain levels. So understanding how to break down that language, the jargons and simplify them, just like Jeremiah mentioned. We didn't know what Jesse was. Jeremiah, you were not alone. I too did not know what Jesse was. I get to understand it way later. And instead of saying, you're all participants. No, we are partners. We are equal. Please let us engage. That is inclusive language. Thank you so much. I think both of you made a really good point on just not moving too fast when you meet people. I know like in my academic settings and just like meeting new groups of people, it's always really helpful if you're a facilitator of a group to direct the group to saying your name, like a nice icebreaker where you're from, and then also including that point about highlighting your pronouns. So I always find that's a really great way if you're within a new group for that to just be out there and for people to have a say on, okay, these are my pronouns. This is how I want to be referred by everyone. That's really helpful. And then even the small things I've seen in Zoom meetings, people just have in brackets their pronouns or having it at the end of their emails. It's always helpful just making sure you're not going to offend anyone unintentionally. And then I found personally, it's always good to just ask someone whenever you're unsure. And then in terms of the acronyms that you were mentioning, I think having them spelled out when you have like a presentation or not using them as much when you're talking to new people is really helpful in avoiding confusion and making sure everyone is inclusive and understanding what's going on. Yeah, so that's my take and things I've seen in my personal life. I'll pass it over to Jeremiah to see his response to this question. Everyone that's listening right now, that was so, so good. I actually learned so much from hearing from the three of you. And I think the only point I'd like to echo is just to ensure that as we do this work, we are sensitive towards many things that are happening and always just being able to check back in and ensure that how we communicate is youth-friendly and inclusive. This is very important because it fosters meaningful youth engagement. When we have young people on board, we are able to achieve more that we plan to achieve because remember that young people are the greater population and we need them in our corner. And this also enhances youth and adult partnerships. So it's very important to ensure that we communicate in an inclusive and a youth-friendly manner. Thank you. We really appreciate your insights, experiences, discussing the challenges of interactions with young people. We're wondering... What resources would Yab be currently working on to make language more inclusive as part of the SheSource project? Thank you so much, Noah, for that question. That is very important. And you see, the Youth Advisory Board takes an approach where we believe strongly that you cannot separate youth-friendly and inclusive language from meaningful youth engagement. So we are currently developing different tools, different documents that will enhance Meaningful Youth Engagement on the SheSource project. And we hope that this has a trickle-down effect to all the global and local partners on the SheSource project because we want to see this going down to the grassroots level. We want to see these practices even being implemented in the organizations. So, for example, we have worked on what we call the Meaningful Youth Engagement Progress Marker. So that is a document that you use to assess whether you have meaningfully engaged young people or not. And then there's a component that talks about inclusivity and did we use language that is friendly 
it is because of documents like that we are able to critically interrogate ourselves and see where we can improve. These are tools that are being assembled by the Youth Advisory Board, Youth Coalition, and all the other partners on the SHISOS project to ensure that we meaningfully engage young people because that is the only way we can achieve youth-friendly and inclusive language. Amanda and I had a conversation about this sometime, but we came to the realization that these two components move hand in hand. So you cannot say we are going to meaningfully engage young people and not have youth-friendly and inclusive language, even at grassroots level, even in the rural areas where we're working. Thank you, Jeremiah. And to add on, as the Youth Advisory Board, we look at country contexts. And by this, I mean we've gone ahead to review policy documents per country. And this has helped us understand the current context for the project better. Yeah, I think it's work in progress that we're still developing more mechanisms or guides for the project. And we are on the right track. And the beauty about all this is we do not work alone. We are a board of six members, but everything we develop or we review, we work together with the project management, with the youth coalition, with the partners in countries. And this has really been meaningful, as Jeremiah put it. Thank you both for explaining some of the resources that Yab is working on. And you mentioned that you want this to trickle down into grassroots organizations. Are you aware of some initiatives that partner organizations are working on related to inclusive language and youth-friendly practices? Thank you so much, Amo. In particular, Youth Collision has been doing a lot of work in terms of advocating for youth-friendly and inclusive language. They organize and participate in regional and global convenings that continue to lobby different partners, different governments to ensure that young people are inclusively involved using language that they can understand. That is something that also personally attracts me to an organization and the fact that even the staff that work for the organization are young people, so it becomes very easy to relate with them. The other partners is Restless Development. They are young people driven and even just the name Restless is derived from the nature of young people, we seem to just have this power that doesn't run out. They put the need, the priorities of young people at the center of their work. I think one thing I have noted is that a lot is being done, but we can do more when it comes to engaging young people who are in rural areas, you know, who are unable to understand English, who are unable to read, who are unable to write, and young people who are differently abled. All of these are issues that we need to pay a critical eye to because this is where many of these issues are happening. So allow me to acknowledge the wonderful work that I have been privileged to witness within CARE. They have been taking up the practice of engaging with young people, ensuring that when they are speaking about issues affecting young people, they involve young people. So we actually expect that by the time the seven years is ending and this project is finishing, we will have so many stories to tell. We'll have so many testimonies of how organizations would have transformed the way they do business in terms of engaging young people and providing inclusive and youth-friendly language. Just speaking off from where Jeremiah's left off, in Uganda Care has been working on adolescent health issues. But when She Source came out, it has expanded. So 
now we know because of Shiso's care is so vibrant because it has moved down to a kind of relationship with the government, Ministry of Health, Ministry of Gender, and then with the partners themselves, the Uganda Youth and Adolescents Health Forum is doing amazing work in the refugee settlement areas up north, focusing on the youth-led organizations that are on board. If you look at the capacity they have before and the capacity they are now getting, they were onboarded on the Shisos project and they are able to gain exposure in terms of advocacy for policy at different level and at grassroots level. And that is the beauty with the Shisos project working to have inclusivity when these partners come on board with their different expertise and experiences. Now, besides giving sexual productive health information and services, there is also the youth savings and loans scheme that is helping the adolescents within the project to be empowered, not only knowledge-wise or information-wise, but also financially. It's something that is amazing. Thank you for joining us, Amanda Jeremiah, and shedding light on what SheSource and Yab are doing to make language more youth-friendly and inclusive. So please look out for our upcoming episodes where we'll focus on highlighting girls' voices and experiences from the SheSource project and also engaging men and boys. Thank you, Amanda and Jeremiah, for joining us. It was great to connect and discuss these important topics with people. Thank you for having us, Noor and Amal. And for listeners, please subscribe to the podcast and don't miss out every hot topic that will be coming up. I'm giving you all virtual hugs. Thank you so much. Thank you so much from the Youth Advisory Board. As young people, we are super excited and we are looking forward to a time where any project, any government replicates what we are doing on the SheSource project and just holds the engaging of young people to heart. So thank you very much from Zambia, from Kenya and Uganda. We really appreciate the massive support that you've been giving. Thanks for listening to SheSource. If you like this episode, please share it on social media, connect with us in the comments or give us a like. Make sure to catch our next episode by subscribing to our channel and following us wherever you get your podcasts. Follow at Care Canada on Instagram for updates on our show and the project. SheSource stands for Sexual and Reproductive Health and Economic Empowerment, supporting out-of-school adolescent girls' rights and skills in Kenya, Uganda, and Zambia. The project is funded by Global Affairs Canada. Check out our global partner organization. Youth Coalition for Sexual and Reproductive Rights, the Center for Reproductive Rights, and Restless Development for even more project updates. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.